0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. We've suffered through devastating bushfires and floods, but while we've been bearing the brunt of climate change, Australia hasn't even had a climate policy until this week, with the Greens striking a deal with the Albanese government on a bill that's meant to force the big polluters to slash emissions. Today, climate scientist, Frank Yozzo on how it will work and why it shouldn't mean consumers will pay more.
1: There will be, in law, for the first time in this country, a limit on the amount of pollution that these corporations, including the coal and gas corporations, can pollute. After a wasted decade under the coalition today is a very good day indeed. A great day for our environment, for jobs and for the economy.
0: Frank Yotso, we've travelled a very long way to get to this point where we actually have a climate policy. It's something that politicians have tried to achieve, isn't it, for a very long time?
2: Oh, indeed it is, and we have come a very long way on this. Of course, we did have a climate policy in Australia in the uh, the period between 2012 and 2014, quite comprehensive, in fact, but of course that did not last politically.
1: Today, the tax that you voted to get rid of is finally gone. A useless, destructive tax... Uh, Which damaged jobs, which hurt families' cost of living, and which didn't.
2: I guess we're slowly getting back to a point uh, where we're reintroducing effective climate policy federally in Australia.
0: Mm, So it's a pretty big moment, isn't it? This has happened because the Greens have jumped on board. Adam Bandt was adamant for a long time that he wouldn't support this unless there was a guarantee that there were no new coal and gas yeah, projects in this country. The
1: government. We want to see climate action. But this key question of new coal and gas mines is proving to be a sticking point. And again, I come back to the point, is what is Labor's justification... Is it just or is it a deal
2: breaker for you? Would you actually well, if... stand on the side with the coalition and vote this down?
1: Well, the question is, why is Labor To let this whole thing fall over because they want to open new coal and
0: gas mines. Because he argued, Adam Band, that that would actually push our emissions up, not bring them down.
2: Well, yes. I mean, uh, a new industrial project of any kind using conventional technologies will tend to put uh, push emissions up, uh, and new coal, oil and gas projects almost always result in some greenhouse gas emissions within Australia. Of course, the larger, much, much larger part of emissions that occur through new uh, fossil fuel projects occur elsewhere if that fossil fuel is for export, uh, as uh, the majority of Australian fossil fuel production is. Of course. And so that's where it gets really complicated, and that's the point about most climate policy actually applying to emissions within one country and not applying to emissions uh, that are inherent in fossil fuels Mm. uh, that are produced for export.
0: Now the Greens, they've struck a deal and I I want to unpack the details of that deal with you in just a moment. And what that does mean for emissions. But briefly, we've got to explain again or remind me about the government's safeguard mechanism, what it originally hoped for. It's that term, the safeguard mechanism, I think that turns people off. But just explain to me what it's set out to do what the government hopes to do with that.
2: Yes, and the government will get pretty much exactly
1: what it set out to do with that mechanism. The opportunity before the parliament uh, over the coming weeks is either to seize the opportunity to reduce emissions by 205 million tonnes or to squander it. That's what the parliament has. the
2: opportunity So, in. safeguard mechanism covers the uh, the largest uh, emitting facilities in Australia. You've got the coal mines, oil and gas industry, cement, Glass, uh, steel, other other types of uh, of heavy industry production, and they will have a carbon
1: trading scheme within that a sector. Lot of different industries, two hundred and fifteen different facilities, eighty four of which are you know fossil fuel facilities, but many are different uh, types of facilities with varying degrees of capability at the moment to reduce their emissions on site. Take cement, for example, it's complicated and difficult
2: inherently they will be required to become 5% more emissions effective or mm. you know reduce the amount of emissions produced per unit of output by 5% per year that's pretty steep mm-hmm. now all of these companies are allowed to trade with each other so those that are doing better will be able uh, to sell credits to those that don't do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a financial transaction, of course, and out of that arises a very direct financial incentive to reduce emissions by as much as you can, uh, or in fact to reduce emissions by more than you require to and sell the, the surplus credits to others. And that's precisely what you're getting under emissions trading. So it's a form of emissions trading where government doesn't take any money.
1: The federal government's signature climate policy is set to pass through the parliament with the support of the Greens. The bill, which reforms what's known as the safeguard mechanism...
0: is a Let's have a look now, Frank, at what the Greens have managed to change. You say it's limited, but what have they managed to change in this safeguard mechanism?
2: So the deal with the Greens is that total emissions under the uh, industry scheme shouldn't rise, um, and in fact need to fall over time, uh, irrespective of the link to the credit market. And so it will effectively limit the extent to which new heavily uh, emitting uh, industrial uh, projects will be able to come into that mechanism. So what's agreed is the intent to create a hard limit of emissions, uh, but to leave it open just exactly how that will be achieved, um, if and when it comes to the point uh, where, where something needs to be changed to rein in emissions.
0: Okay, so just so I've got this straight, Frank, because it can get confusing, it's pretty complicated. Uh But under Labor's initial plan, new coal and gas projects could open without restrictions because they could buy offsets or carbon credits. But now with this Greens deal, they will face a hard cap on the amount of emissions that they produce.
1: Yes, that's right. It puts a limit on coal and gas expansion in this country.
0: Adam Banff says this is a, a huge win for the Greens because even though it won't end new coal and gas projects, he says it will make about half of them unviable. On
1: our initial calculations, this means that the equivalent emissions from about half of those 116 projects is prevented that means About half of those 116 projects won't be able to go.
0: So how many gas and coal projects won't go ahead in your view? Uh,
2: Look, I think it's really difficult to make definitive statements about these things. And of course, uh, any of the political players will be claiming a huge win out of this. I think that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. There is, of course, a list um, of, of planned or anticipated or possible future coal, oil and gas projects. That list keeps getting expanded, but uh, you know, the, the historical experience is that only a fraction, often a small fraction, of that long list ever comes to fruition. There will be some that uh, that will be pushed to completion, but certainly not all of those projects on the list. And so, uh, any claim as to uh, how many project or how many. Uh, million tonnes of fossil fuel, et cetera, et cetera, will be prevented through the safeguard deal um, also need to be seen with a big grain of salt in that light.
0: Mm, well, it has the opposition really worried? Peter Dutton and Ted O'Brien, the opposition's climate and energy spokesman, say that it will lead to higher prices for consumers. Economy.
1: It will make the Australian economy weaker and the Australian
0: people poorer. They'll be seeing higher prices because of the plan that has been announced today. Anthony Albanese, of course, says that's totally untrue. So, Frank, tell me who is right on that one?
2: Yeah, so first of all, the safeguard mechanism is designed principally as a revenue-neutral mechanism, and so it's really industrial players uh, buying and selling credits from each other uh, and spending some amount of money uh, on improving their operations uh, to be more emissions efficient. Right, And so uh, in terms of the overall cost uh, impost on Australian industry, uh, that would overall be really quite low, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the best measure you have of that is that the major industry associations uh, are very clearly in favour of the policy. So it can't be that bad, can it? In terms of cost impost, um, most of this is for export, of course, in any case. And here it's just a question of the amount of profit that companies are able to make. Uh, the Australian safeguard mechanism will not make a, uh, a, a palpable difference to coal prices uh, or to gas prices. These things are fundamentally determined in international markets and what we do in Australia by way of climate policy will really not move the needle very much at all on fossil fuel prices. And so uh, any, any fear in that regard is really uh, not well
0: placed. All right. So, Frank, the Greens didn't get a blanket ban on new coal and gas, which is what they initially wanted. But we can see there are growing calls for that from the International Energy Agency, from the UN Secretary General. They're saying if we want to prevent the world warming by more than 1.5 degrees, we need OECD countries like Australia to stop developing these new projects.
1: no new coal And the phasing out of coal by 2030 in OECD countries and 2040 in all other countries.
0: So I think the big question here is, will this number one actually help us meet our target of 43% reduction by 2030? Will that mean we'll meet it? And will it prevent warming from exceeding 1.5 degrees? Two pretty big questions.
2: Yeah, so first of all, domestically, well, absolutely. A safeguard mechanism will help achieve the 43% domestic emissions uh, reduction target. That's what it's designed to do. But it won't guarantee it because it covers only uh, a quarter or so of Australian emissions. Uh, And so a lot more will need to be done in electricity, in transport, in agriculture, in the building sector and so forth. Now, the bigger question, uh, global 1.5 degrees and so forth, and it's absolutely correct. If we were to keep global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees, it would mean that there's really no room for any expansion of uh, coal, uh, oil and gas globally anywhere. Not just a developed country issue, it's an issue for everyone. So yeah, if the world took 1.5 degrees seriously, then we would not see any new fossil fuel projects. Uh, And the fact that we are still seeing new fossil fuel projects tells you something about how seriously the world is taking 1.5.
1: Humanity is on thin ice, and that ice is melting fast. The rate of temperature rise in the last half century is the highest in 2000 years. Concentrations of carbon dioxide are at their highest in at least two million years. The climate time bomb is ticking.
0: Dr. Frank Yotso is an expert in environmental and climate change economics and a lead author of the UN's latest climate change report. The government hopes to have the safeguard mechanism passed through the parliament. This week. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for listening.